0: Sinsbury is absolutely delighted to be celebrating National Apprenticeship Week with this very special edition of the cast. So on this special edition of uh, the cast for National Apprenticeship Week, I'm really pleased to be joined by Simspur's Associate Director of Policy and Professional Services, Colin Huffman. And Colin's been doing loads of work with the team um, over a number of years, really around apprenticeships. So really wanted to get get you on the cast today, um, Colin, too. To just talk a little bit more about what apprenticeships offer to the sector um, what we're seeing in terms of uptake and who who apprenticeships really are for um, and and what employers can, how employers can benefit from engaging with apprenticeships and then really looking at at kind of some of the work that that we've been doing at SimSpa around apprenticeships. So, so yeah, really great to have you here in National Apprenticeship Week and um, tell us, tell us all about apprenticeships in the sector.
1: Yeah, thanks, Annette. Hello, everyone. Um, Yeah, apprenticeships is a bit of a labour of love for me. So thanks for inviting me in to talk about them today. I have been working on them for quite some time now. Um, And I really find that they're a really underutilised opportunity for our sector. Um, Looking at some some of the statistics a while ago, um, we have less than 0.5% of our workforce that is uh, an apprentice at any one time. Um, Of which is much lower than lots of other traditional apprenticeship sectors like construction engineering, as you would expect. They tend to be around 10 to 15, sometimes up to 20 percent of the workforce is on on some sort of apprenticeship programme. So we've been really digging into the reasons why, why that is and trying to make sure that everyone in particular employers Understands the opportunities that, that can arise from from using an apprenticeship and, and making sure we have got a full range of apprenticeship standards for people to benefit from and f- for them to use as well. So um, for any questions on that from employers um, or for young people or, or anybody who is considering an apprenticeship, then please do contact SimSpa and make sure um, we can provide you with the advice and guidance and support um, to put you on that apprenticeship journey. We do understand that sometimes apprenticeships can, can feel like a bit of a, a too hard to do and it can be put into the well, that seems a little bit difficult box um, and that's what Simspa and our local delivery team can particularly help you with if, in terms of your individual organisation and what it might mean for you as well. Um, so yeah friendships aren't just for young people although obviously lots of young people do do access them um, as their first opportunity to the jobs market as well um, but they can be used across the whole range of, of people in work and returning to work and but we see a particular opportunity for our sector and those people that may, are looking, may be looking for a second career as well. We know we have lots of people in, in the workforce um, that do that, um, but we don't see lots of those those people on an apprenticeship. But actually, an apprenticeship route might be a really good option for them as well. Um, it allows them the time to learn, to learn at their own pace. It gives them um, the a minimum of a 12-month period of learning for, for them to enable to get a real deep understanding of that job as well. And importantly for employers, there's significant funding attached to apprenticeships as well. So um, there is, um, uh, they're, they're, I won't go into the ways that they're funded because that could be a podcast in itself, um, but there, there are um, attachments of funding to apprenticeships um, of which training providers and, and assessment organisations will receive, which are quite significant. So for example, we've got six, six specific apprenticeship standards for our sector, that's leisure team member, leisure duty manager, community activator coach, community health officer, personal trainer and sports coach. And the funding that's attached to those programmes ranges between £4,000 and £9,000 per learner as well, which is uh, quite significant, um, which means that training providers and endpoint assessment organisations can provide a real quality quality programme People and as I said, it does have to meet past to uh, last a minimum of 12 months as well for that learner. So they get individual support, they get additional qualifications, um, they get a real good experience supported by their manager, the training provider, and assessment organization, sometimes a mentor as well. Um, and that's all in the workplace, so it's not a false environment, it is in the workplace where they are working. And they tend to be in an accreditation or, or a building of a portfolio over time as people learn and grow through that job um, and become a real key member of that, that organisation as well. So, yes, we think there are many opportunities for people to use apprenticeships. And if you do think it's in too hard to do do box, then that's what we're here to do. And we're here to help and support you. Um, just to go into some of the details around some of those different apprenticeship standards and what they contain. um, If you are working in in the leisure sector, then leisure team member and leisure duty manager and um, personal trainer in particular might be of interest to you. So leisure team member was designed by employers, which is important to give them a a rounded team member. So somebody who could operate in all aspects of their facility. So as part of that, that apprenticeship they will receive both a lifeguarding qualification, a swimming teaching qualification, gym instructor qualification and a first aid qualification as well so they can work really in any part of your business in those entry roles as well. Um, so yeah it's a really uh, interesting apprenticeship which is quite large there is a lot to do um, and we had some feedback from employers that they would like us to split that out so they would like um, a dry and a wet side if you like so Uh, a route or a pathway for people who want to specialise in aquatics, uh, with lifeguarding, and swimming teaching, and a pathway for those people that would like to specialise in in gym instruction, personal training, recreation assistant work as well. So we're working with um, the Institute of Apprenticeships on on separating those pathways out at the moment. Um, And if you want to be involved in that, then if you are an employer in particular, then we're really interested to hear from you. they have to meet your needs. So we run committees who will sit around the table and work out, OK, do we want them to do this? Do we want them to do that? What should they look like at the end? Um, so we're particularly interested to hear from anybody that wants to be involved in, in that t- type of conversation as well. Um, in leisure duty manager, um, it, is what it is what it says in the tin it's for duty managers. that's that first step on the managerial ladder. And in that quali- in that apprenticeship, you'll also achieve um, first aid at work in addition to um, the management apprenticeship and also that there's funding attached to achieve a pool plant operator certificate as well which we know are uh, difficult to achieve and quite hard sometimes as well so having that included in the apprenticeship is, is hopefully a cost saving for organisations um, and then personal trainer as it is, just what it says on the tin, um, the advantage of doing an apprenticeship in personal training rather than a short course, it gives that person that real time in the business to understand how to operate within your business, understand what your business processes and procedures are as well. Um, and as I say, there's significant funding attached to that in order to, to deliver that over that 12 month period. For those organizations in the communities sport setting then you might be more interested in in the three standards the community activator coach community health officer and the sports coach standards so the first step on the ladder as a community as a community activator coach um is where we can train people to activate communities to be um sport coaches to engage people in those communities in in activity as well so um there's a nice little pathway with these standards because they then can progress on to be a community health officer, which that is the activation of um, those community activator coaches in the in that community, or they or they can then progress on to the full sports coach apprenticeship, which is um, a level four apprenticeship, which has three pathways within it as well. So people can then start to specialise in the area where they're working. So they could be a sports coach who works in the community, they could be a sports coach who specializes in school sports, they could be a sports coach who works in high performance sport. And the sport the sports coach apprenticeship has been written and tailored with those competencies that allow those people to to learn and understand that actually coaching in a school is very different to coaching in a club, which is very different to coaching in in a high performance environment as well with elite athletes. So um yeah, there are lots of opportunities with apprenticeships, and that's that's just a very, very short breakdown in terms of the different opportunities that are available and um, where that might fit in terms of you as an employer, employer's needs as well. Um, and generally, we have a, we, if you provide one of those opportunities, we don't struggle to get people to apply for it. They see the opportunity, they see it as a career development, they see it as a career option, um, and we tend to get a good um, recruitment uh, element to that as well. So yeah, apprenticeships, please use them. <laughs> They're awesome. We put lots of time and effort into making sure that they meet employers' needs. Um, and if you want to be involved in it, please contact Simspa from uh, um wanting to use apprenticeships or wanting to be involved in the development of them. That's what we're here to support you with.
0: That's great, thank I'm Really, really great overview. It it I've I've kind of worked with apprenticeships across a number of different sectors and I think I think it's true of every sector that you see for for employers that are taking on apprenticeship, you see some great additional benefits, some something you know, you've talked through, but one in particular is um, loyalty and retention of, of of staff. When when somebody's gone through an apprenticeship route, they are very embedded within the organisation, and and because that that's been not only their workplace but also their learning place, they they tend to be very very grateful for for that and the opportunities that the apprenticeship gives them, and they can retain within business and and grow in business and progress um over a number of years. And I think the, the other the other great benefit, which which isn't always recognized, is the benefit that having an apprentice within the business has to other members of the team in terms of opportunities for mentoring, coaching and supporting. So some staff who, who aren't managers but are potentially future managers um, get get a real good opportunity to support somebody who's a new entrant to the the business, to the sector often and and share their 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 knowledge um, the the knowledge that they've built up over time and and that's kind of a a reward for them as well that they get that opportunity to do it so it's a loads of 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 great um great opportunities for employers who, who do want to um look at apprenticeship um, potential for their for their organisation. You talked um, a little bit around some of the the, the roles. Would would you tend to say it tends to be larger organisations in our sector that consider an apprentice, or are there examples of of, of smaller organisations? And with smaller organisations, you you talked about the it's too hard to do um, feelings some sometimes. Um, what for for kind of not not maybe kind of a, a huge large um, leisure trust or. Um, or gym chain but for other organisations, maybe community-based, et cetera, what, what, what's in place really to, to help them um, in terms of how the training providers might work with them?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, we do have a, a bigger take-up from the larger providers, as, as you would expect, because, as I said, I don't want to bore people with the funding of apprenticeships, but they would um, be what we call levy-paying apprenticeships. Um, employers, so therefore their a portion of their payroll pays for apprenticeships. So they want to make sure that they're they're used. Um, but I think it's also important to just to note that um, you could, you you don't you don't get one chance at an apprenticeship. You can do more than one. So, what a lot of apprenticeship training providers will do really well is they'll look at the career progression and pathway for that person. So they will not just look at them doing one apprenticeship, they'll look at them, well, where do they go next and where do they go next and where do they go next? And I spoke about six apprenticeships that are specific to the sport, physical activity sector, but actually over 500 apprenticeships opportunities. And people don't always necessarily need to do a specific industry option because they may progress into other areas within their career within a within a business as well or they may progress on to another business where they can do an apprenticeship so apprenticeships aren't just a, well this is something to get me into the business and do my first entry role it's something which can support the career progression from people for, for somebody to get from novice to complete expert and achieve all of their career aspirations as well um, so yeah so it's it's not a one-time Opportunity, there's there's lots of that, um, but yeah. Um, for, for smaller organisations, yeah, the training providers, um, particularly the ones that that work in our sector, are very keen to work with smaller organisations and are very keen to make sure they're providing a, a tailored service to that organisation as well. Um, it's really in their interest too because they receive the funding for the apprentice, um, and it enables them to um, to have to have some scale in their business as well. So if they can provide if they can find four four small community organizations that all want an apprentice in a local area then actually it's it's a really viable option for them in terms of putting a package of learning together which then they can group those people to, together as well and we've got organizations like Coach Core that do that really well as well in terms of supporting those um organizations to come together to look at how an apprenticeship model might work as well um so yeah so um i'd say there's definite advantages for a a small community-based organization in, in, in engaging with apprenticeships as well and i would encourage them to reach out to um, one of the training providers that, that's in partnership with Simspur, and they will do a lot of the legwork for you. Um, they will understand what your business needs. They will help you identify and recruit the an apprentice. They'll help you support and train them, and they'll help you make sure that they pass them on to the end Endpoint Assessment Organisation to provide them with a meaningful assessment as well. Um, and really, they, they are really good at it. And I think you'll find... Actually, when you talk to them, that it isn't as difficult as you might think. Actually, there there are processes and procedures in place and and everything is set up. People have been doing this for a number of years now. So it it is quite the norm for them as well. And particularly some of the larger training providers can get economies of scale because they'll be working with apprenticeships across multiple different sectors in a certain area as well. So they'll have assessors and people and support in that area. And also we're working in a digital age now. So a lot of the learning and support and development can all be done remotely as well.
0: Yeah, it's it, apprenticeships have, have kind of moved on so much over, over recent years. You know, we've moved from that place where they were seen for you know, there was certain as you mentioned, getting traditional apprenticeship industries, and and we've we've moved so far beyond that now that the apprenticeships pretty much offer a viable entry route and progression route for almost every kind of sector um and and almost every career area i think what you say there about about training providers that they are um so experienced in in delivering and and supporting many of them can support there are there are some specialist training providers who will just specialize in a certain industry sector but for example there are and training providers that will do specific industry um Standards like our own, but also things like customer services, business admin, IT. So there, there are opportunities to kind of link in with them um, for not not necessarily just your sport and physical activity delivery um, team members or, or managers, but but you know but for other areas of your your operation. And, and as you say, through all levels, there's level seven apprenticeships um, for kind of senior managers, um, which which offer great progression opportunities. Um, thanks thanks for mentioning um, uh, the, some of the training providers and particularly Coach Call. We're talking to them um, later on this special edition of the cast. And um, really look, kind of looking forward to hearing from them about the experiences they've had with, with both apprentices and employers. Um, before we finish up, Colin, any any kind of um last message or call to action to the sector really to on, on in this National Apprenticeship Week to really boost the uptake of, of employers um, just just kind of a final call to call to arms really.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say if you were looking at recruiting, why not consider an apprentice? So if you are looking at your recruitment model, why not think of it? Rather than go out through the traditional routes of, oh well, we need we need this type of person, have apprentices at the front of your mind. So why why isn't it an apprentice that we that we could have to do this job? And then if it can't be then then that's fine. But in most cases I think you find it can be. Um, so actually utilise and use them and to have them in the front of your thoughts when you are doing your business planning and
0: recruitment. That's great Colin, thanks so much for joining us on the cast today. Thanks Annette, thanks everyone. So on this special edition of the cast for National Apprenticeship Week, I'm really delighted to be joined by Jack Gardner from um, Serco. Um, Jack is a a regional director in Serco Leisure and Serco are doing loads of great work um, with leisure apprentices and we've invited Jack to tell us a little bit more about that. Thanks for joining us today, Jack. Um, Can you just start off for those that are not aware, listeners are not aware, telling us a little bit about Serco and what they're doing in the leisure space at the Mm -hmm. moment?
2: Yeah, thank you, for, thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me. Um, so, S- Circo Leisure is, a, is an arm of our, of our parent group. Um, uh, obviously, Circo is, a, is, a, is an international-wide uh, business, and Circo Leisure operates um, in the UK as part of uh, an arm of that business. Um, we run various leisure contracts up and down the country on behalf of local authorities, higher-tier authorities in some cases, um, and also uh, one of our clients is Sport England, uh, where we're you know, very proud to be running Bisham Abbey National Sports Centre and Lillyshaw National Sports Centre. Uh, we've got a, a, a wide raft of facilities. Um, you know, we have some business offshore as well in Jersey uh, and up in Northern Ireland. Um, but we we'll run a wide way of, uh, of facilities from, from what you'd anticipate as local leisure centres, normal leisure centres, through to visitor attractions, uh, through to 300 acre country parks, national sports centres, events arenas. Um, so it 's a wide variety of, of leisure services that we offer on behalf of our uh, uh, of our government and local authority partners
0: brilliant Thank, thanks thanks jeff i 'm sure um, many people and uh, many of our listeners will, will be familiar with you, but what they might not be familiar with is the work that you 're doing around apprentices and how um, as, as an organization you 're benefiting from that. Can you just start off by telling us really a, a kind of why um, why Circo values apprentices, and and what opportunities your apprenticeships offer? Yeah,
2: I've, I think it's it's probably worth going back just what one step. Um, as we started to transform our business post post pandemic, mainly really, you know, the whole sector went through a, a period of time where um, it could reassess its business, and every negative has a positive. And one of the positives of that was to, to reassess, and we very much realised our, our staff were the heart of everything that we do. Um, where we do really good stuff, you can always um, put it down to the staff have delivered something amazing for the customers, Um, they've given them more of what the customer wants, they've delivered a better service uh, to the customer and we realised quite swiftly that that the staff were the heart of everything we do. I'm not saying we didn't know that before but it was worth reassessing how important that was Um, and, and really investing into our staff and apprenticeships is one of them routes, there's other routes we've gone as well but apprenticeships is definitely one of them routes we've invested in. Um, we have schemes across the country, um, We obviously the majority of our apprenticeships are, are through uh, the sector um, as, you, as you can appreciate and hence why I was sat here with Sibspar today. But we also use apprenticeships outside of the sector, um, uh, whether that's in grounds management, I've talked about some of the country parks that we do, whether that's in uh, technical, mechanical because of some of the facilities we run rather than just core leisure facilities. Um, and it's been a uh, evolution to make sure that not just keep an eye on what's happening today, not just keep an eye on what's, what's going to happen next year but also making sure that there's a pipeline of staff that are coming through to be the next leaders in our business and apprenticeships we see as very much one of the root causes into our business to then develop them into, in, into the next leaders so our business can continue to grow, continue to evolve and as we grow as an organisation you know we've recently, there's, there's been some news recently go out about some uh, contract wins that we've just won, the mobilisation of expanding that
0: business is so much easier if you have a talent pool that's that's so much wider. Yeah, m- most definitely. I mean, we know kind of the the, the challenges the the the, the sector facing in terms of recruitment, and so you know the apprenticeship route for for kind of particularly supporting new entrants to the sector, but but people who kind of maybe either want to kind of change career or evolve themselves. You you were telling me just before we we started recording about an example of. Of an apprentice that you had that that kind of diversified, but in terms of what their their role was and and what their career path was, but you were able to retain in the business. Can you can you just share that that story? Yeah, so we have a few that that example. I'll come to in a second. We have a few where. Um,
2: when you work in, in 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 what we determine and we have to determine it because we have some different parts of the organization as, as, as core leisure, so a normal leisure centre, there's there's very clear paths of, of growth and development, and the the apprenticeship groups quite rightly are signposted to that with a with a bit of variation right to left. But what also happens is you get people that just want to do a complete career change and sometimes in that sector you lose them. Um, we have an example where someone who is in the core leisure world um, actually wanted to, to to change their path um, and ended up in our in our maintenance uh, grounds environment through um, uh, an apprenticeship program. What that did is that maintained and kept a good person within the organisation, kept someone that's still striving to push the sector forward, makes the sector a space where people can spend their whole career without losing good talent to people to other sectors because there is variations and I think the the value of apprenticeships. Um, for, in, for for staff in already in a seat and already in a position within the sector is it gives them an opportunity to really um, people's minds will change throughout their, their lives and throughout their career but it gives them a chance to to change but our sector support them to change into their roles and I think that's a really valuable part of apprenticeships that's sometimes overlooked um, there's, there's apprenticeship schemes that are obviously about bringing people into the sector and then training them and keeping them and, and, and growing them through them, them, them Um, paths, if you like, that that, that i talked about, but actually the the big value is about if someone's in the sector that um, is potentially looking to move away, if we can promote them right, we can diversify them into a role that they more want to do, whether that's to create a better work-life balance, whether that's because uh, they want to do a different challenge or learn a new skill, and it keeps people uh, completely in the environment, and everyone in that ecosystem Uh, whether that's um, being on a ground side on a technical side in a lifeguard chair or on a gym floor all of them play a huge part in making sure our um, sector continues to grow in professionalism to help improve the health of the nation that's that's absolutely critical and making sure that we understand that that talent pool needs to continue is is really really important
0: yeah it it is it is so much about kind of that giving people the opportunities to, to progress and feeling that they've got that that kind of professional recognition and that's something that's really important to, to us here at, at Sims. But in terms of kind of just going back to the kind of the impact on on Circo of, of apprentices, if, have you got any kind of specific examples that you can share through through kind of individuals or, or kind of teams where there has been some some kind of strong impact that, that uh, an apprentice has given you?
2: Yeah, I, I think we made a shift change to understand that an apprentice isn't about replacing a uh, full-time member of staff with an apprentice and if you make the shift change that an apprentice is to learn the trade and it is a trade, learn the skills of a sector, learn the industry, understand how the model works, that was the biggest shift change we did so apprenticeships come in to accompany our current workforce to be the next leaders within our workforce rather than to replace our workforce. I think the minute we made that change, that, that, that starts to create a lot more of a powerful uh, output um, and also starts to create a, um, a real positive environment for that learner. Um, you know, I know we're speaking slightly off air, but and the, the idea of someone joining an apprenticeship and then just being left to their own devices yeah, really yeah. defeats the point, in my opinion, of what mm-hmm. an apprentice is apprentices is about learning the trade from someone who is skilled in that world, understands that sector, still professionally challenge how they do them so they can change the way while having a professional education running alongside that. So when they come out of that apprenticeship, they have the work skills, the work experience, but also have the professional arm to that um, uh, qualification as well. I think that was a a big change and, um, you know, I won't name uh, people for, for obvious reasons but uh, there's a, a real good example of that in, in one of our contracts where someone who came into the sector as a I need a job for the summer is now one of our leaders within that sector yeah. because of that exact reason he realised um, that he didn't need to continue the journey he was on, there was actually some clear routes for him to go down and some of that was through the apprenticeship, some of that was through just other training as well yeah. but around training and, and development but also letting them spend the time with senior people within them um facilities to learn that arm of the business to make sure that that actually that education and, and workforce went on is really really important um and also making sure we give them time for the learning um i think that's sometimes that, that's overseen yeah. as well it's uh, and i appreciate it i appreciate it and there's a professional out there that um the, the pressures of you know there's a, the, 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 there's a big booking coming at the weekend or you know someone um, isn't on shift and you need to, to, to backfill with more hours and there's always this eco pressure but yeah. there's, there's got to be a restraint to say actually that's a learning time and that learning time is really really important whether that's directly with the learning training provider whether that's by shadowing or supporting someone who's senior already in that position or just being away and doing some self-learning it's really important to make sure them, them people have that time. When, and whatever age that is, that's not just about young people, that's about people that are a bit more experienced but want to you know, develop their skills and, and, and continue to, to, to develop their freshness.
0: Yeah, m- most definitely kind of having that, that structured learning time is, is so important for, for anybody who's... Who, well, for everybody, but, but particularly those that are on a, a learning development programme, um, like an apprenticeship. And I think sometimes that, that can be what puts puts employers off um, or kind of along with other things, maybe kind of we, we talked a little bit about the apprenticeship levy and, and kind of some of the complications around that and you know things kind of sometimes it gets put in the, the too hard to, to do box. Um, but I, I think you know the, the benefits that an organisation can gain um, as you said by, by looking at it in, in a round and having as a whole development piece is is really important. How um, how in in, in CERCO do you find that uh, apprentices kind of collaborate and work alongside the existing workforce? How how does how does that work within your teams? It's I
2: I, f- I think as someone who is an experienced person in their role to give them the accountability responsibility is normally really seen really positive for them to mentor an apprentice. So you have to understand there's a positive on the other side as well. It's a positive that a, that a manager, a supervisor or, or a frontline member of staff who's just experiencing their role, for them to have an apprentice come in has a really positive impact on the rest of the workforce because it makes them feel really validated, really important and really credible uh, for what they do to be able to pass on their knowledge and experience. So it has a positive effect there. For the apprentice coming in, I think what um, it does to us is it gives us an understanding that there is a interest to work and be a part of our sector and understand the the solutions there's some great examples with um, whether it 's higher educational um, uh, organizations that, that we work closely with on some of our uh, on some of our leisure contracts where they 're doing some great work in the educational field and it 's about making sure that that education's backed up with actually real life experience on on the floor and understanding what both sides of the uh, of the scale want. and obviously that is why I was so uh, delighted to, to be able to chair the the, the Skills Accountability Board in, in Nottinghamshire to try and make the, um, the educational arm of Nottinghamshire and the sector that delivers arm of Nottinghamshire really understand each other's requirements so what we're teaching people and what we're giving experience to people on the shop floor really actually combines to make the customer experience significantly better which will ultimately make them use the facilities more which would keep them more active for longer, which is what we're all here for to, to do.
0: Most definitely, yeah. That, that impact on the ground is 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 the, the value of our sector in terms of health well being, mental health and well being, as well as physical health and well being, and, and also you know the the kind of demands that we see on on health services, which are only growing. I think you know hugely hugely important. And um, I'm going to give the last word word to you, Jack, really, before we wrap up. And um, what. What would you say to um, either a a young person perhaps looking for an entry to the the sector or maybe somebody who is in the sector um, already and, and as we've said, kind of looking to diversify in terms of what what an apprenticeship would would offer them?
2: Yeah, the, the biggest word I would say is that this is a sector that can deliver all of your career aims and objectives and come and join it. Um, there's some amazing routes now, We was and I've said this twice, and I was talking slightly um, before this started, around how the apprenticeship progress in our sector has come on so far. We've still got ways to go, I think SimSpar mm-hmm. recognise that, we as yep, operators I certainly definitely. recognise that, and we internally in Circa have certainly recognised that. But we've come so far now to professionalise the um, entry routes into our sector and as we continue to go on that journey it's just a really exciting for young people out there or for experienced people out there or for people that work in completely different sectors that look outside our sector maybe a customer of our sector uh, it's an amazing time to come in that the, the, we all now know that one of the biggest aids to creating a more healthy population in the UK and there's a huge health problem in the UK um, is through increased physical activity which is the sector we work in, what an exciting time to come and join a sector that's going to make a huge difference going forwards as it continues to get more and more professional through the work that yourselves are doing, through I think that uh, ourselves as operators and other operators are doing to continue that journey to making sure that uh, the, the the health agenda with public leisure links together to create um, better opportunities for people to be active, it's just an amazing time to get involved and I would I wouldn't just welcome um, people to get involved I'd welcome people who are curious to really enquire about it as well, you know there's a lot of information out there now how you can get into our sector through an apprenticeship route or if you're in another sector or if you're in a sector you want to change on in through the apprenticeship it gives a real chance to do it and responsible um, partners out there will also continue to allow this apprenticeship system to uh, flourish to allow people to learn um, and, and continue to grow
0: yeah Brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jack. Really, really appreciate the work that you're doing um, with Serco, not just around apprenticeships, but in terms of professional development of the workforce and professional status and recognition. It's it's really important to us here at Simspot, and you're a great employer partner, so so thanks so much for all that work you're doing.
2: No, thank you very much. We're delighted to be a partner alongside you. Thank you.
0: So, on this very special edition of the CAS for National Apprenticeship Week, I'm really pleased to be joined by Paul Thompson, who um is from Coach Corps, who are a Sims for partner and, and a, a partner we've been working with on a number of different projects. And really asked Paul to, to come on today to talk a little bit about Coach Corps um, and, and what they do and who they work with and um and, and how they feel really apprentices benefit the sector. And um they work with apprentices themselves, with employers, and and they see um, some really great impact. So, so thanks for joining us today, Paul.
3: Cool. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, really excited to be on here. And I know for our perspective, we're really, really passionate about apprenticeships and I suppose those kind of life changing opportunities that they can offer, not just young people, I suppose, but but anybody across the sector. Um, I suppose there's definitely lots of misconceptions and myths that are done around, around apprenticeships that shoot sure jump into it into it in a little bit but I'm happy to kick off with a buzz little bit like who we are if that that works in it.
0: That, that'd be brilliant if you, if you can just tell our listeners who, who are not familiar with coach Corps a little bit about the work that you do um, and who you work with and and yeah then then kind of hop into the work that you do around apprenticeships please
3: yeah so coach Corps, we're a, a uk charity uh, we're a social ability charity in essence, what we're all about is we are starting to look at how we can use uh, apprenticeships and sport as the vehicle to kind of by like changing people's lives. So we target and work with young people, predominantly 16, 24 year olds, uh, young people that have had some type of lack of opportunities, challenges, barriers um, or discrimination in their life to kind of move into meaningful employment, kind of like education training. So we've, we've worked with, since we started back in 2012, where we were kind of part of the Royal Foundation um, working across Prince Harry, Prince Will, and Kate's charitable work. Uh, through becoming independent back in in 2020, we've kind of worked with over kind of like 200 employers now across the sport and activity landscape. So anything from kind of like really now large national employers. So we've worked with GLL, we've worked with Nuffield, through to kind of real kind of like small, um, micro kind of organisations that potentially have like one, two, three. Four, or five uh, members of staff. So kind of that, that whole spectrum. But in essence, kind of like the one common thread that sits across all the employees is that they want to make a difference, and they want to kind of offer an opportunity to a young person that kind of like potentially hasn't had that opportunity in life for a variety of different reasons. So, kind of from a coach got perspective, like pretty much fifty percent of our learners live in the top thirty percent areas of I and D. I know we've been recently just been doing some work that's going to get launched during National Apprenticeship Week. Around our 2023 uh, impact report, we're actually kind of like even within that kind of 50% of uh, young people in the top 30% areas of IMD. There's about 20% of those are in the top 10% areas of IMD. But we've also got young people that have had um, issues linked with serious violence and crime and potentially might have been in the criminal justice system. We've got young people that are dealing with kind of like family bereavements and suicides. We've got young people that come from ethnically diverse communities that potentially had a kind of a lack of opportunities and kind of like discrimination in their life, or to in essence starting to look at how we can start to polish those rough diamonds into that kind of like future workforce. So that's kind of what we do, I suppose, is start to look at how do we connect employers with training providers and um, to offer young people an apprenticeship that they might not have previously been offered. Um, and then, how can they then have that ripple impact in their local communities? In other words, how does a young person like them, who then resonates with their local community, go back and make a difference and use sport as activity to kind of like make a difference in in their lives as as well as the, uh, the communities that they serve?
0: It, it's amazing work, and, and particularly when you talk about the some of the young people and, and the backgrounds. And I think you know, what what I've seen, having worked in in education training across a whole variety of sectors, is how where young people have faced barriers and they maybe haven't been able to engage in a traditional a, a traditional education pathway, how that then in, impacts them and their family in the community in in the long term so kind of the the opportunities that you offer to those young people to not not only kind of find find them a pathway but but really to kind of engage them in in kind of learning and, and a positive future is 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 so important. Do you want to Paul talk about um maybe without kind of giving um uh, na- names or anything, but but some of the stories of some of the, the the apprentices that you've worked with and the and the stories of the employers that you work with?
3: Yeah, it's in like, it's the one thing that kind of definitely makes me really passionate about working with coach calls, those individual stories of the young people that we support, because as much as we've kind of got some of those kind of like big stats that we talked about this week around it's say, supporting kind of like, we say, over two million repentance in 2023, who well then, in essence, will have coached over 2.3 million people across the UK, And it's actually those, behind all those stats, is those individual stories that are really impactful and meaningful. This so, is, so we have got um, a young apprentice who can say when he was young, um his father committed suicide, and he also had some kind of like wider family bereavements, and kind of like, was just really kind of like, lost in life and um, I suppose through his employer, he actually got involved in kind of like an employability program um, that he was on. Um, so that was part of like the, the Falcons Rugby Club and um, we have got something called Hits, uh, which is the national um, initiative that Premiership Rugby run. So kind of like through that program, that really kind of like helped to kind of like change his, his life around. But actually kind of like he still wasn't in any kind of like meaningful kind of like employment. And when he was to look at kind of like what was his next steps in life, where would he go? That's where our apprenticeship really started to fit in. So, in other words, it allowed him to have that next step into kind of like meaningful employment on the back of that initial intervention to support him with some of the challenges he had going on his, in his life. But then really allowed him that kind of like focus to start to look at, well, actually, what's next for me now? What does the world of work look like? What does my future career look like? And all those kind of like future hopes and aspirations. But more importantly though, is that also aligns in where this is kind of like a win-win for everybody really around apprenticeships so obviously there's that difference for a young person with regards to being able to then transition from that program to be able to kind of like earn while he learns Like kind of like cheesy saying that always throw out apprenticeships so in other words being able to kind of like be in that 15-month program where he is kind of like getting a nationally registered recognized qualification actually earning a salary when he's doing that but then also from the employer's perspective kind of they've got a young person that can like resonate with young people that they work with more than kind of like what anybody else could, and obviously in this instance as well, he's actually been through the programs that he was supporting young people through. So actually, he lived and breathed that program and knew it better than what any of the member of staff probably could do because he'd been on it from the side of a user through to obviously now kind of like being part of the member of delivery staff. So say so that's kind of like that's one story, but like I say there's loads more through to. Uh, we've got a young person that actually kind of like got involved with England Boxing. So, England Boxing have got a program called Cling to Club, uh, which is all around reintegrating young people back into society on their release from prison. They start to do some boxing um, when they're kind of like still in prison. And once they're released, England Boxing and Heart start to connect them up to local boxing clubs to support that reintegration back into society. So, like I said, there was a young person that they say came through that program and actually release from prison and kind of like being connected with England boxing on the outside again then became a, an apprentice at England boxing um, and again he's been on a on an awesome journey with regards to again being able to have meaningful employment when he's kind of like earning when he's learning again similar to like I said previously with the, the last apprentice being able to then go and support young people like him under the umbrella of England boxing and being able to really resonate with the, challenges, uh stresses, barriers, blockers that are in young people's way like him, and being able to say, well actually, I think to use his exact words, we're saying I just want to support young people in the same situation as me. That we're kind of like a little bit lost and got involved in the wrong circles and start to kind of have serious consequences for that. And again, uh young person that we're chatting about was also a refugee. He moved across from from Congo when he was six. Then kind of like got relocated around the country a few times um and it's just one of those you like just needed an opportunity and somebody believe in him obviously through um the work being on boxing obviously they've seen a rough diamond there and obviously through our partnership we will be able to support them in that kind of like 15 month journey what that looks like so that's just kind of like a couple of stories but you see there's there's numerous other ones where we've got young people with with disabilities who talk about this there's a, a stats in Necessarily, it's less than kind of like 5% of people with disabilities can actually secure uh, long-term employment. Um, so again, young person who is now, uh, he, he took the apprenticeship with us kind of like way back when, probably back in kind of like 2015, 2016, and is still now in kind of like for long-term employment now, and he was someone that was struggling with, uh, struggling with the speech um and was working as a a cleaner because an employer just wouldn't take a chance on him
0: yeah that um that kind of angle of of, of the loyalty that um people who, who have come through the apprenticeship route with employers is is always so strong you know they, they kind of value the the opportunity they've been given and and w- want to give that back and and kind of progress in the organization we we were talking a, a couple of weeks ago, Paul, and and we were talking about this from the angle of, of particularly smaller employers, and and you were you were kind of sharing some some examples of how you know multiple organisations can come together at, on a community basis. Um, because I think sometimes we, from an employer's perspective, with with apprenticeships, they they feel it's in that too hard to do box. And we've we've spoken on this this podcast to to some larger employers, but. From a, a you know a really small employer perspective, how, how how would you say it works for them in terms of how, how they can actually take on an apprentice um, and, and make that work for them as a business?
3: Yeah, I think that is kind of like one of the common myths or misconceptions is that it's just for a really large organisation. They've got lots of resource. We're actually kind of like any employer, any size, uh, as long as you are set up to pay for an individual, can look at taking an apprentice on. This is, we've got a whole host of organisations from let's say those large ones to those small ones. And again, that's across all different parts of sport and activity from those that are in the youth and community setting that are using kind of like sport and activity more as that like engagement or enabler to help them look at kind of like wider issues through to their own think With regards to smaller employers, like there's a few different ways of our employers work. So actually some don't even employ a full apprentice. Now that sounds a bit bizarre is how when you employ half an apprentice but what that means is that like they'll look to partner up with another lo- local company or organisation where they'll share in practice. so actually they're like, we haven't got enough delivery um, or enough uh, other activities or like, jobs or to be able to do to be able to fill that kind of like 30 hours a week, which is kind of like a normal apprenticeship role. So they'll partner up with somebody else. We actually had two organisations in Leicester and hooked up because one of them were predominantly curriculum delivery. So they were going and doing delivering spot in schools. Whereas another organization was mainly doing stuff like outside of school. So they were doing stuff around parties, community sessions, weekend stuff. So those two organizations just partnered together. So one of them took on the lead responsibility for employing the apprentice, but so they basically had an MOU in place with regards to what that looked like. So whereas they both contributed towards their salary, they both supported that individual. They were able to just best use their results to make sure that they both got what they needed. So I suppose that's kind of that's one example. But I suppose other examples are where. We've got a lot of really small community organisations. So one like Hattrick, which is close to me up in the Northeast. Um, and they've actually really started to develop this really nice kind of like pathway where they can get young people that have been involved in their sessions and then move them into volunteer roles where they support some of the delivery and then look to move them into uh, part time roles where they may be picking up for like a couple of hours, normally alongside potentially kind of like being in school or being in college. Um, or it might just be like say when they're in that period of kind of actually not knowing what's going on in life and some of those transitional periods, uh, through to that becoming an apprenticeship opportunity, um, which actually, let's like, say for Hattrick, who worked us since 2019 now, actually they've kind of got some of their apprentices who have now become full-time members of staff, that are actually supporting and mentoring their new apprentices that are coming in, and then working with the part-time and the volunteers underneath them. And again, Hattrick aren't a massive organisation, like just a small kind of like community charity based out of the West End of Newcastle that are doing work, not just in Newcastle, like I said, but across that kind of wider, tiny, area. And um, that are real kind of like making a difference, but they have just embraced the apprenticeships, what it what it offers offers them as an organisation. So uh, it can actually be a really cost efficient workforce solution. As clinical as jargon as that sounds, so actually sometimes when you look at the cost that you're paying out for sessional staff, actually if you kind of like pool all that results so over what would be a 12 month period, that I could actually give you the the funding and the financial uh, money in the bank that you need to to be able to be full time on an apprenticeship. But also back to what you said previously, Annette, is that having that pathway of kind of like young people that are potentially being involved in your programmes or even young people that are new to your programmes, but kind of like you're the one that's took an opportunity on them, they're really like invested in you and really kind of aligned to your kind of like values, mission and purpose because actually they feel like you've invested in them, and they're kind of like in this with you. So the guards, that are having someone that's kind of a lot more potentially kind of like committed um, and dedicated to your work and your cause, it's that kind of like, that's where apprenticeships can be a great fit for those smaller organisations as much as they can for larger ones.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It, it is so much flexibility with it, and I think that is something that that not not everybody really appreciates and, and also the the huge amount of, of, of opportunities that I, I don't think um, employers always kind of feel that they can offer the the full rounded apprenticeship but you know some of those examples that, that you've given but but also for for young people um, to kind of understand that this is a great pathway um, to to build a career in the sector and for for parents and teachers and People working in colleges all, all those people who influence young people and and kind of would would kind of have have that p- influence piece on on the pathway that they choose um i think it's 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 really important that we do kind of talk more about that that flexibility just just before we we wrap up paul and um, what what's your message on apprenticeships whether it be to um young people themselves who are thinking about it um training other training providers um Employers, but but for the sector as a whole, what what what's your your kind of message in, in this National Apprenticeship Week to, to everybody?
3: Yeah, I think the big thing from an apprenticeship perspective is just to really embrace it and actually be inquisitive, like trying to understand what apprenticeships are, try to understand the benefits they provide uh, you either as an individual, so someone that might be wanting to go into it, or as an organisation. Because I say there is that kind of those misconceptions and myths around like apprenticeships are just people in trades, so people just think an you know, apprentice is. Someone that is an electrician, a plumber, a bricklayer, but actually there's apprenticeships across all sectors. So you can have accountancy apprenticeships, you can have coaching apprenticeships, you can have apprenticeships in HR and media, literally like any job out there, there's an apprenticeship for. And I'm starting to look at kind of like, well, actually, what's the best route for you? So I think one of the other things that's kind of a bit of a, um, a thing in society is that kind of like, university is just been seen as kind of like the only direction or the only route for young people. And I'm not saying that university isn't a great route. I went to university, opened up a whole of the doors for me and allowed me to have a lot of opportunities I wouldn't have had if I didn't go to university. And so, but university isn't for everybody. I mean, for starters, there is a rise in cost associated with, with going to university now uh, to when I was there uh, a long, long time ago. But in essence, apprenticeships can just be a different route. So there is apprenticeships uh, from level two, all the way through to level seven. So, actually, you can go on a uh, a learning journey that will end up being a point where you can have like a, a master's apprenticeship, um, where people think they have to go to university and get that kind of like master's qualification. So, that would be the biggest thing I would say is to kind of like explore it, start to look at how it benefits you as an individual, and how it will benefit you as an organization. One, either look at that entry level perspective, which we know at entry level apprenticeships are declining. It's a, We've seen an increase in degree apprenticeships, which is awesome. The guys want to kind of like say, Well, I don't want to go and get a degree, but I can do it through an apprenticeship. But more importantly, I suppose, for those employers out there, how can you start to look at recruiting into those entry-level positions in a different way? So suppose they're just going out there for part-time coaches um or going out there and looking for people that are graduated university. Actually, how can you look at using apprenticeship at entry level to really kind of like mold your future staff? And offer out opportunities for the for the young people. I think just it's such an un- underutilized resource. And I mean, I've been recently chatting about kind of like my two young daughters, and I've been saying, well, actually, unless their profession needed a degree, so some university you have to have a degree, I would 100% recommend them to look at the apprenticeship route and start to look at well, what does that then journey look like and which, which levels are appropriate for you. So, like level twos, which are equivalent to GCSEs, all the way through to those level seven, like I said, which are equivalent to like master degrees. Uh, there's a whole world of opportunity out there, I suppose, not just for young people but also for employers if they are just really inquisitive about it and start to delve into it more and start to look at how they could benefit from it.
0: Yeah, it, it is. There's there's so much, and um, yeah, ho- hopefully, kind of the work that you're doing, the work we're doing w- within the sector is is kind of doing a little bit of myth busting and 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 raising the profile of, of of those opportunities and and the benefits it brings, both on the employer side and the apprentice and and their career pathway we'll, we'll put a link and um, for everybody um to your website paul so they can find out more about the work that you're doing at, at coach core um but just to say a, a massive thanks for for joining us today um no it was it was great when we first were introduced a, a week or so ago and and to to kind of find somebody who's passionate about apprenticeships as me is 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 great because it, it is it is such a, a valuable pathway um for, for people to to kind of either kick start their career or or kind of progress their career as well. So and um, good luck with all the work that, that you're doing. I know this is a busy national apprenticeship week for you guys at Coach Core. You're doing doing lots of activity. You've got your awards and and well done on that. But and um, thanks so much for joining us today, Paul.
3: No problem. Thanks for having us. And like I said yeah definitely encourage people to check our website out, reach out, we're here to support. So if you're an employer involved in support sport activity, we're here to give you information, advice, guides on apprenticeships and yeah, can benefit your organization? So thanks for having us and anyone else listening, do reach out.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of the cast from Simspa. Look out for the Cast Extra with in-depth conversation about innovative work taking place in the sector. If you'd like to get involved with future podcasts, please get in touch.